Welcome to Queen Maca Sessions. I'm your host, Thomas Meyer, and our guest for today is Alex Leovanos. He's a singer-songwriter in the San Diego music scene. He actually has a new EP called Nights Like These out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all the major streaming sources, and he's actually a former student of Queen Maca College. Um, how are you doing, Alex? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So why don't you just describe who you are in your relation to the music industry, just to start off with? Um, well, I'm a singer-songwriter here in San Diego. I basically just play shows around here and pretty much produce my own music. Um, so how did you start getting into music? Like, what music and artists did you listen to, like, throughout middle school and, like, right when you first started getting into music? When I was, like, growing up, I would just listen to, like, the classics, kind of like uh, Hall & Notes, Steely Dan, Aerosmith, uh, all the pretty much, like, classic rock types music. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then as far as, like, more modern artists at the time, um, Maroon 5 was a huge favorite. Oh, line. yeah. Songs About Jane is one of my yeah, favorite records. That was, like, the one record that, like, I just listened to, like, all the way through. And and the first instrument I played, which was, like, the keyboard, like, I would pretty much just, like, try to, like, match Adam Levine's voice to, like, the pitch of the keys and, like, try to learn it that way pretty much. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, it's easier for you than other people because I know you have perfect pitch, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah. So you get to cheat. <laughs> sort of, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's a privilege. It's not it's not cheating if it's not privilege or if it's privilege. That's true, that's true. <laughs> um so around this time were you already like playing instruments and stuff? Uh yeah. Um around that time I was just starting to learn guitar mm-hmm. and it was mainly just keyboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was singing a little bit, but like but I was mainly just focusing on like getting my chops on the keyboards just to like learn realize all the chords and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, it's Im- just important with your ears as is with your like technical chops to um, get that to a good level. Right. So how old were you when you um, first started picking up guitar? Um, I was about eight years old. I believe when I first started, like, I just, I mean, I feel like a lot of guitar players that when they first start, like, they try to, like, play and then it's like their fingers hurt or something like that. I was just like one of those people where it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and then, like, um... And then after, like, after watching a Simpsons episode, actually, where, like, Homer goes into, like, a, where he, gets, <laughs> where he like, signs up for the, this rock and roll camp or something, where the Rolling Stones are in it, and, like, Lenny Kravitz and Brian Setzer are in it. <laughs> like, that episode alone kind of, like, motivated me to, like, That's actually, pick up, you say actually that. pick up the guitar. <laughs> Thank you, stuff. The Simpsons, or else we <laughs> yeah, wouldn't have Alex Leovano today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so... Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and then one of my friends who was a great guitar player at the time... Um, like, he knew I loved Aerosmith a lot, and he says, mm-hmm. hey, like, you know, Joe Perry has, like, one of the, like, most riff-friendly, like, songs that, like, a beginner can learn. So I was like, okay, you know, Aerosmith's, like, one of my favorite bands. I'll go ahead and try it. And then, basically, like, I pretty much just learned most of their songs on a guitar. Yeah. And it's like, all right, sweet. Like, I, I'm finally getting the hang of this stuff. Yeah, it's, like, it's a lot more important in my experience to play a band that you actually like. So I started with, like, classical piano, mm-hmm. and... Like, really? <laughs> you think, like, a kid wants to play that when they're, oh, like, yeah. 10 years old? Like, oh, yeah. no. So that's why I was, like, learning Tom Petty songs and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's so much more important, and it makes you actually enjoy the music that you're playing to play the music that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, did you take any lessons at this point, or was it just by ear? It was pretty much by ear. When um, I remember my, my mom tried to like sign me up for piano lessons when I was four, and like I could not like listen to the teacher at all. And I remember <laughs> like I remember her like 
I remember my teacher like telling my mom, I was like, yeah, like you have to like, she like, or he has to calm down first in order to like learn stuff. <laughs> and it's like, I was just like too fascinated with like learning everything by ear to like actually like know the theory. So exactly. I, didn't, I didn't exactly know how to like read music until like, until like much later, pretty yeah. much. See, I was the same way. Um, my piano teacher, like when I was first growing up was, um, she really wanted me to like learn music. And I mean, I, I went through that, but at the same time, like I was just, doing my own stuff on the side. I wouldn't practice for my lessons. I just <laughs> practice for myself. <laughs> um, so fast forward, like, to, like, your high school years. What music did you listen to around then? Around then, I actually had, like, a phase where I would just, like, listen to, like, nothing but, like, heavy metal and stuff. And, it was, like, <laughs> and I actually, liked, and I actually, like, started, like, a metal band, and we only, like, played, like, one show, and I was, like, at the Battle of Bands or something like that. And it was, oh, like, my God. It was, like, I mean, those days are over now. It's, like. Did you win? No, we didn't. <laughs> some like some screamo band did, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's great. That's, oh. that's fine. Whatever." So I know you went to a Berkeley five week summer camp. Is yeah, it, at some point. When was that? That was um, I went there for three years over the summer. So that started in 2014, and I went for guitar, and that's when I finally learned how to like read music, like actually understand music theory. Nice, and, nice. And then there's like performing opportunities. Like they had open mics there, and like I. Was, pretty much just started playing originals and stuff. I also found out that if you want to become a singer-songwriter at Berkeley, you may want to just, like, go for voice instead of guitar because you'll mm -hmm. learn a lot about guitar if you go for guitar, if that's what you want to do. But I think as a singer-songwriter, like, if you go for vocals at Berkeley, then you tend to get more performing opportunities, like, using mm -hmm. your voice a lot more. Yeah, and that's important because, like, I mean, if you're just playing guitar, it's like you're just playing, like, someone else's parts that they wrote. Pretty so. much, yeah. Like, how did you first get involved in the San Diego music scene? Um, I mainly started around high school. Like, I mean, I first started playing the talent shows and just playing that. And that sort of got, like, people interested. Mm -hmm. And then... Like your high school talent shows? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then I started playing a couple gigs at the Epicenter in Mira Mesa when it was still around. Mm -hmm. And then I started playing House of Blues in Soma. Nice. And out of those two, I like Soma a little bit more because it seems like with House of Blues, it's like, well, actually, no, like, like, like it was like the first like pay to play gig I did. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I actually fell for this. But I was like, really yeah, those young. are the I ones like, really where they like sell 15 the tickets. <laughs> oh, God, no, they actually made me sell like 75. It was like 75 like, tickets. Yeah, it was crazy. If you can get 75 people out to your show, I don't think you need to play pay to play shows. Exactly. So at this point, you were um, just playing by yourself with your guitar, Yeah, right? it was just uh, me and a guitar. I had, uh, I recorded one song that was, like, just acoustic, and then there's, like, keyboards in it. It was called Living in Wonder. Yeah, And yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember, like, releasing that still in high school, and I just remember, like, writing, like, ripping up these pieces of paper and just writing, like, my name and then the song name down, just giving them to random people. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being, like, like one or two thousand views on YouTube or something like that. Wow! Yeah, and I was like, whoa. And crazy. I've listened to it um, a couple times. I've actually played it with you, and it's a it's a beautifully written song. Thank you. It's got like I love songs with like long interludes, mm -hmm. and there's like this um, guitar part that's like the first two minutes, like before you start singing, and it just like gets you into like the whole world of the song. It's really well written. How would you describe like the music that you play in right now? Um, I would probably describe it it's constantly changing for me i think with nights like these i would describe it with like indie pop with like a mix of surf rock mm -hmm. with the new stuff that i'm recording that's going to be released like next month and then like 
next year as well. Um, I'm more leaning towards like the indie pop side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say it would sound like artist wise, like I would, I would think it would sound like a mix of like Charlie Lee Puth with mm-hmm. mixed with like, uh, with like hollow notes and mm-hmm. all that other fun stuff. Nice. Um, what made you like decide to start playing with a band? I actually got the idea of wanting to play with a band. It was like my last year, I'm um, going to Berkeley or in summer and mm-hmm. When I was playing my original songs, like a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, it sounds good, but it would sound a lot better with a band." So I was like, "Okay." And so when I flew back to San Diego, I didn't really have any idea on like how to go about with that. So I played more solo shows for about another for about a year, and then I get this gig at Soma where I'm opening up for a national act called Honey, and there's like mm-hmm. this alternative rock band from LA, and I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be a big show. I don't think people would want to like see an acoustic solo artist yeah, like playing." Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I was still working at Guitar Center at the time, and I contacted my friend Ryan, who did a, who does guitar repair, and then um, I contacted Garrett, who was just starting to teach. Uh, and he's the there. drummer who still plays in your band yeah. now, right? Yeah, great. And then he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's super fantastic. Um, and then I contacted my friend Mark, who was all, who was also a former student at this. Yeah, sem- yeah, I actually class. knew him. He was in the class last semester. Yeah, and uh, and so we basically rehearsed about a few times and we managed to actually like make it sound decent (laughs) nice (laughs) so i know that um throughout your discography just can you like just go through your discography and like explain all the songs i know you have like blind heart and good old lawrence and just Mm -hmm. you can just like go through that real quick yeah so first song like i mentioned um was living in wonder that i released and it's just like a acoustic like mellow ballad pretty much about this mm-hmm. girl that I liked in my Spanish class pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then with Blind Heart, which was like released I believe a year later, that was about like um, going through, or like having a friend that like constantly talked about her ex and just like kept going back with him. And it's like, it's like you don't really know what to do in that situation. Oh yeah, I've been And in you want to like wish the best before. for her, but at the same time, it's also her choice and it's also her relationship. So it's like you, you don't can't really, get involved. yeah, you don't want to get involved and stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Good Old Lawrence, that was actually just like a, that was just kind of like a sort of like a humorous song that I just wrote about my friend Lawrence. Yeah, and and uh, and I did want to make it catchy, but like I also want to be like, hey, this is like not very serious, you know. It's just like a song about my friend mm-hmm. that's pretty much it and you know i didn't just want to be like some serious musician the serious musician that just wants to like write songs about like serious issues like you yeah. know once in a while I'll just throw out a song that has like a like a fun meaning behind it yeah and, and i think what, good Lawrence is a good example of that it's not like a super serious song yeah, it's not about it's like, like politics oh, or about God, like no, love or anything oh, it's God, just like yeah. about your buddy lawrence pretty much yeah that's all it's about so were you were you playing all the instruments on all these tracks? Yeah, I was. What made you do that as opposed to having a full band do it? Um, mainly because I couldn't at the time I couldn't really find the people to like play with in the full yeah. band. It's like it's hard to like these days without like having to like pay them pretty much. Like as a singer songwriter, it's kind of hard to like find people who are like interested in what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like if they are interested. It's more like a for them. It's like a short term thought. Like they, they, when they think about it like long term, it's like, oh wait a minute. Like I actually had to like go to the studio and actually play the song or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of them were interested, but like when I finally like made a plan, they were like cancel last minute. I was like, mm-hmm. oh okay. So I 
didn't really want to like have that happen anymore. So I kind of just like did all the tracks myself pretty much. Mm -hmm. And playing with a full band, like in a recording set session would be like fun, but I felt like, you know, depending on the members, it would pretty much like do more harm than good mm -hmm. pretty much. But, um, but yeah, I'm doing all the tracks, uh, with the new EP and like all the other songs. Those are all recorded by yourself as well. Yeah. Are, are um, like there are any like electronic drum sounds in it or is it just like live drums by yourself? There's a, there's actually no live drums. I've actually used like MIDI drums. So like for like blind heart and all of those tracks as well. Yeah. Nice. Like all on like a keyboard pretty much just like <laughs> keyboard <laughs> drums. And then like my producer would just like, make I didn't sound even like, notice to be honest. Really? Like, they, they sound relatively real. I mean, they don't sound like to the caliber of like a real drum set, but I mean, I I didn't notice like the first couple times. Now that you say it, I can kind of understand, but like I wouldn't have noticed first thing. But you played like all the bass and stuff. Mm -hmm. Was this at a studio or at your like a home studio? Um, it was at my house. Um, and basically, like for the first three songs, like Living Wonder, or no, uh, Blind Heart and Good Little Lawrence, like. I pretty much recorded them. Oh wait, no, it wasn't Blinder. It was actually Good Old Lawrence, and then like the nights like these EP, mm -hmm. I recorded all at my house. And wow. Besides the vocals, though, like for the EP, my producer was like, "Oh yeah, like you know the vocals are all right when they're recorded, but like you know it sound better at like you know my place and like mainly because like the acoustics at my house weren't very good because mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just like my bedroom basically. Yeah, yeah. And whereas with like with his or at his studio, it's, like, everything's, like, paneled, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a, there's, like, just, like, a quiet room where, like, with all these acoustic panels and, like, everything just, like, sounds a lot better, like, recording vocals in that room, pretty much. Yeah. So I ended up doing vocals at his studio, and it sounded a lot better than how I record my vocals, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you mix it yourself, or did you have someone else mix the record? Um, I have somebody, I had somebody else mix the record, and, uh... He did an amazing job on it. Like, yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds very professional, and he definitely did a good job. Yeah, his name is Peter Duff. He looks a lot like me, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he owns a studio called the Gray Brick Recording Studio. It's like a home studio in Lemon I think Grove. I've heard of that studio before. Yeah. Do you have any bands that you consider to be guilty pleasures that you listen to? Hmm. Let's see. Well, jeez. I consider Pierce the Veil a very guilty pleasure, mainly mm. because I've met Vic at Guitar Center while I still worked there like at least three times. He's and a member of the band? Yeah, yeah, Vic is the front man for that band. Oh, okay. And he and he like worked he, at Guitar Center? I he may have worked at Guitar Center, I'm not sure, but like he visited that. Oh, place, he visited like, it? <laughs> yeah, like quite a few times and like it was fun. Like he's a really chill guy. Mm. But like, I only, like, heard a couple songs, but after meeting him, I started, like, listening to, like, more of his albums, and it's like, oh, all right. You know, this is not really the type of music I listen to, but it's fun. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and uh, another guilty pleasure would probably be, like, The Weeknd or something like that. Let's see, another guilty pleasure. I mean, I guess Charlie Puth, probably, even though he's also <laughs> extremely talented. Yeah. And also, probably because I also met him at Berkeley when he was doing, like, a... Oh, you did? He, yeah. Nice. He was doing, like, this clinic at the Performance Center at Berkeley, and it was with James Taylor's brother, and it was, like, a really interesting clinic, mm -hmm. and he played a couple songs. It was 
it was right before Attention came out, and it was I think it was like right after he worked with Wiz Khalifa on like See You Again, I think, mm-hmm. and like there was like a bunch of people there, and like I was lucky to meet him. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the biggest hurdle that you've had to face in the music industry? I think the biggest hurdle would be probably like realizing, like growing up, like my family would constantly just say like, oh yeah, you know, your music's amazing. And like, after like listening to like my old stuff now, it's like, well, it wasn't really that great to be honest. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a long time and almost none of them had any constructive criticism. It seemed. Mm-hmm. And facing that at like a late age, like sort of like hit me at first pretty much. And then I realized like, you know, not everyone's going to like the music pretty mm-hmm. much. And that's just kind of the way it is. I remember, like, auditioning for Berklee College Music's, like, scholarship thing and not getting in. It's like, whoa, like... I no. thought I was an amazing... Yeah. My mom said I was amazing. Yeah, All my friends like, said I was amazing. Yeah, and it's just, like... It, that's just something that, like, I had to face pretty much. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm glad I was able to, like, face that now instead of, like, much later. Yeah. And uh, another hurdle that I had to face was pretty much just, like, you know, when you're trying to, like, help people, like get their music out there or you're just trying to like help them whereas like we're going to a show or something like that or just like supporting them or something like that not like expecting anything in return pretty much like Mm -hmm. i mean i i obviously like you know don't expect that but like you know you would think that they'd probably like at least thank you or something but they kind of just like use you pretty much and like a lot of artists pretty much do that nowadays where it's like okay well i just want to like hit him up because he's like big now and it's like you know i happen to be i happen to know him and i only really need to you know, contact him because to do me a favor, but like not do him a favor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or just believe in that, like, oh yeah, you know, if I, you know, do them a favor, they'll like return the favor. It's like, like, no, not everyone's going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got to be careful with people like that pretty much. Yeah. I think that's important too. Um, what's some advice that you would give to up and coming musicians in the music industry? Um, the advice I would give is always be patient, take like very small steps like, it doesn't matter, like, what age you are. Like, you can always, like, you know, do music and, like, try to, like, make a living off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't always expect to, like, have, like, an overnight, like, success story at all. Yeah, it takes a it's lot like, of it time. It takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you got to put a lot of work into it. Yeah, you really Whether do. it be practicing or promoting your music mm-hmm. or just spending time, like, producing music and stuff. It's Yeah. Whatever you do, you've got to put a lot of time into it yeah and you you really gotta like be patient with it because i've i know a lot of musicians that like you know they work so hard in like making an album and not as many people as like listen to it as they expected it and they kind of just like give up after that and it's like well no you have to like keep trying basically like find ways because when you first start out you're nobody pretty much yeah it's like you may have good music but like it's like what audience do you have yeah why would anyone listen to your music yeah (laughs) It's like you gotta like promote it and like spend time just like campaigning and like advertising it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much be like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see your future in the music industry? I plan on releasing a new album by next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to play a few shows in LA, even though I've like played a show in like Las Vegas and in Boston. Mm-hmm. Like I've never played a show in LA yet, and uh, and I definitely want to like do that, even if it's like a small club or something. Yeah. Um, I also do kind of want to, like, work and, like, collaborate with more artists out there mm-hmm. and um, and maybe even possibly go on tour. Definitely want to, like, do that for sure. 
Perfect. Well, thank you very much. That's all the questions I have. But if you'd be so kind as to play a song for us to close out the episode. Sure, that'll cost you 25 bucks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 20 bucks. The song is called Creeps. Hope you guys like it. Asking for some more, I'm buried so deep. 